When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Legion of Zoom is no more. We inch towards the panic button on the Chiefs wide receivers and other positions of need as free agency winds down. With Nick Schwer, I'm Kayla Canaram, and it's always game day in Kansas City. For, 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 all, things, for, for all things KC, for everything Chiefs, it's always, game it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Canaram and Nick Schwert. Ever since I got hacked, it's been a nightmare. Um, my Twitter account got hacked, as we know. Mm-hmm. Then yesterday, well, then I get it like someone's trying to log into my Netflix account in like Vietnam. And then yesterday, my Apple ID was compromised by somewhere over in Asia. And I had to change it. And then it was happened again, like hours later, I had to change it again. So now my iCloud is all messed up on my computer. My messages aren't coming through on my computer. Super fun. And then I got like... Hey, let, let me just, I'm just going to have to stop you right there. Um, I think it's just, I think you know the answer here. I think you know what I'm about to tell you. You just need to start over. Just start over from scratch. A new new Netflix account, new Twitter, just new cell phone number. Let's just get a clean slate. I think, here's what I think. Unfortunately, whoever stole your stuff, it's, it's, it's theirs now. You either got to share it with them forever or what? just let them have it. And start no, this is very upsetting, though. If it's such an invasion of not necessarily privacy, but I'm like, who is trying what to hack? I'm nobody. Why do you care? Like, leave me alone. Get a life. <laughs> what are you gonna do though? Like, you can't ever find these people. So, I woke up this morning to a text from like a two way, whatever it is, uh, authentication. I don't know how to say that word. Uh, from Facebook this morning. So someone was then trying to get into my Facebook account. It's a mess. My something was compromised and Kayla, it's just been nonstop. This happened to me with my, like two years ago, this happened to my HBO account. And all of a sudden it was kind of like what happened with your Twitter, where I got an email that said that I had changed my password. And so I said, that's strange. Cause I certainly didn't do that. So then I log into my account and I said, you know, forgot password. And then it said the password reset link had been sent to my email, but the email that was in there was no longer my email. Yep. And you know what? I just, it was like, you know, Jessica Smith at Yahoo. And you know what? I decided right then and there, I said, that's their account now, you know, enjoy the HBO. It's not mine. I'm going to cancel. I'm taking my credit card off of it. You know, I, I canceled the account. So I was able to do that. Thankfully. But I thought, you know what? They're gonna get. They're gonna get about twenty-seven days of The Sopranos and Entourage <laughs> and Sex in the City and whatever else they want to enjoy. Kudos to them. You know, they found a way into my account. I've got to be better, and they get to uh, enjoy the spoils of war. So sometimes you just gotta know when to take the L, and that's it's tough. It's tough to admit when you've been defeated. But I feel like you're you're close. I am not letting the hackers win. The bad guys will not prevail, Nick. She's not going down that easy. It's a uh, mess, though. Like, when does it end? I feel I. I think you I know, know the answer. To go to. 
it doesn't end. You know, nobody's going to go over to Vietnam or Thailand or wherever these people are located and knock on their door and say, hey, excuse me. Excuse me. Did you do you know this woman? Did you hack into her Twitter? Please stop it. Well, I also use the same like two passwords for literally everything. So now I'm having to go through all of my accounts and change every single password. Oh, yeah. This is a fun little game we're playing. Oh, yeah. So do I. Um, and it's probably not something we should be admitting on a podcast. No. <laughs> worldwide. But there you go. If you get to one of my accounts, you pretty much got them all. I get all sorts of spam email. I'm like, there's no way I signed up for this. So I know people have my accounts. But what are you going to do? I just don't know how this happened. I got on my passwords on my phone. It says this. I was part of a data breach. Sweet. Um, so I'm assuming that's what happened here. Hackers can kick rocks. <laughs> it's 2023. You know, what are you going to do? It's just the world we live in. So dumb. Shall we talk some Chiefs football? Let's do it. Well, Nick, McCole Hardman signed a one-year deal with the Jets. Womp, womp. The Legion of Zoom is officially no more. Also, are the Jets? Should we be nervous about them? <laughs> what's, what's happening over there? Okay, I'm going to answer your question with another question. Uh, do you... Did you have, like, high... Like, what, do, what are your thoughts on McCole Hardman as a football player? Well, that's like, true. Seems, I'm, I'm getting Jets. ahead of myself because of the next thing we're going to talk about. Yeah, Which don't. Is, okay. Don't spoil the next topic. <laughs> wait for it. Uh, you know, this is a this is a this is a nothing burger for me. I'm going to be completely okay. honest with you, Kayla. I I I didn't ever really first off expect McCole Hardman to be back in Kansas City. That's the first part of this. I entered the offseason not expecting him to resign, independent of what you think about him as a football player. I just didn't think there'd be room or I thought that he would get a bigger deal elsewhere. Now, before free agency started, I would have told you he got, he would have got way more money than he did. Uh, I think it's about $6 million for one year deal. But as we quickly saw in free agency, wide receivers just aren't getting the contracts that they were getting a year ago. The market's just a lot different than it was last season. But even with that being said, even seeing all of the other guys that maybe you thought the Chiefs might try to go after, whether it's you thought they might resign Juju Smith-Schuster, you thought they might go after a guy like Alan Lazard or Jacoby Myers, they all sign elsewhere. At no point did I think the Chiefs were going to bring back Nicole Hardman. And it's for a couple of reasons. First off, throughout the season, you can generally get a sense of who the Chiefs are interested in keeping around based off the way that the people that you know are plugged in, right? The beat yeah. writers, the guys who report on the team based on the way that they kind of talk about it. So what's the gossip, Nick? Tell us. Well, like I me mean, halfway through the season, you, we talked about it a lot. Halfway through the season, we started to kind of get this feeling that the chiefs wanted to resign Juju, that they were interested in signing him to a long-term deal. I don't ever recall hearing that about McCole. I don't True. ever recall hearing that uh, leak out. You know, I don't know a whole lot about the McCole Hardman situation, but you, you can, with the guys, the way that the way that coaches and other players talk about guys is very telling, and they and nobody ever speaks down on players on the roster. But it's almost one of those things where if you don't hear people talk glowingly about other players, that's usually the bad sign. You hear 
people talk about how much they loved Juju. You hear people talk about how hard Travis Kelsey works or how hard uh, Patrick Mahomes works, right? Those are kind of low-hanging fruit, but... <laughs> Who else? <laughs> right? I don't ever recall one time in four years anyone, any coach, any coordinator, any teammate, talk about McCall Hardman and how hard he worked. I don't mm. ever recall anybody talking about, man, this guy is just a special talent. He puts in all the extra work. He plays so hard. He leaves it all out there. Not one time in four years. And quite frankly, I think this is where it is. I'm not going to accuse anybody of anything, but I think you find this in the NFL. All these guys are really talented. McCole Hardman was a second round pick. All of these dudes have the skills and the physical attributes to put them in this position to make millions of dollars playing football. They all love to play football. They all, every single guy in the NFL loves getting out there on Sundays and playing. I don't know how many of them love playing Tuesday through Friday. I don't know how many of those guys love putting in all that extra work. I don't know how many of them love working this time of year, Kayla, when you're not, you don't have to do anything. You're not at the facility. There's no coaches telling you what to do. You're not mandated to do X, Y, or Z. You've got your time to yourself. But those times, those Monday through Fridays, those March through Junes, that's when guys become third. That's when a third round tight end becomes Travis Kelsey. That's yes. when a guy didn't play his rookie year becomes Patrick Mahomes. That's when a fifth round pick becomes Tyree Kill. Is putting working when other people aren't doing the stuff that other people aren't willing to do. And if I had to venture a guess, I would bet my money that Nicole Hardman is not doing that stuff that nobody else isn't willing to do. Because I look at a guy who has game-tilting speed. Freak athleticism can turn on a dime. And people always wonder, like, why? You know, it's kind of disappointing. Why didn't he become more? Why wasn't he a little bit more? Why wasn't he a little bit better? I don't know how much he loved football. I mean, he loved football. I don't know how much, like he loved playing football. I don't know how much he loves football. I don't know how much. And he kind of did the woe is me stuff a lot too, by the way. If you look at his social account, he did the whole like, why is everybody doubting me? Why, you know, well, I didn't get enough. Like, he went on a podcast a couple of weeks ago saying, well, you know, if I was in an offense where I was getting 10 targets a game, if you look at the games where I got a lot of targets, it's like, stop, man. It's Patrick Mahomes. If you're open, he'll throw you the ball. Right. He's not looking at you and saying like, eh, I'm going to pass it over here. So I, I don't know. I, I honestly, it, I, this feels like a, it's a little harsh, but it feels like addition by subtraction. I, I just don't think he brought that much to the table. And I don't think he had anything that the chiefs can't replace. We also didn't have him for like over two months this season. So guess that worked out fine. Again, like it's not, a, you know, it's not a secret, Kayla, the guys who, the guys who are special, they, they work like it. The, guy, the, the best players on the team, ask, I guarantee you, go to any team. The best players on the team, any coaching staff will tell you, the best players on the team are also the hardest workers. It's not just a coincidence. It's like, oh, yeah, and they happen to work hard. No, it's not an accident. These guys put in the work, and I just, uh, I never really got the sense that McColl was one of those dudes, and that's fine, because you know what? He's still got a, a contract that's going to pay him $6 million over the next 12 months. That's a, that's a pretty fine living. 
Six but more in, than we're making. Right. Right. Maybe if we pool our money together, we can we can put a dip <laughs> into that number. But I don't know. I didn't really feel anything when I when I saw that he signed. Like with Juju, I was kind of disappointed. I was like, oh man, I thought there was a decent chance Same. he might be back in Kansas City. But with McCall, I was like, yeah, go, you know, go somewhere else. Be so because that's what Jets fans are going to do now, by the way. Jets fans are going to convince themselves like, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to unlock him. He's going to, he's going to. He just won a Super Bowl. <laughs> Have fun. I bet you he does the exact same thing he did in Kansas City. Bet you he catches about 40 balls for 600 yards and five touchdowns. And hey, that's nice. You can find a role in the NFL doing that. It appears that Adam Schefter shares your same sentiment because uh, he tweeted the Jets now add a player to run jet sweeps and more. And Hardman quote tweeted it with way more than jet sweeps. Yeah, dude, by the Burn. way, like that is the that's what I mean by McColl like always playing like, oh, I'm it's gonna be way more than that. Like, are you are you hinting that you were underutilized? Are you hinting that you're like. Dude, you're not. Like this complete receiver that can you weren't just Tyreek. Calm down. Every, I think he thinks he's Tyreek. I think he thinks he's Tyreek Hill. Oh. Hmm. And to be fair, that when the Chiefs drafted him, that was when you know, the off the field stuff was kind of popping up and resurfacing with Tyreek Hill. And I think they drafted Nicole Hardman thinking like this is an insurance policy. If if we can't have Tyreek around, then maybe this is a guy that we can sort of plug in. And he obviously never came close to becoming that. Nice player. You know, he was instrumental in in that first Super Bowl run. Uh, beyond that, he's just uh, he was just a dude. Just a dude who, uh, who got some rings. McColl, thanks for the memories. Thanks, buddy. Speaking of our friends over at ESPN, Jeff Darlington reported that he believes Odell Beckham Jr. will sign with the Jets. Stop me if you've heard this before. Multiple reports suggest that DeAndre Hopkins may be too expensive for the Chiefs. Nick, is it time to panic when it comes to what the Chiefs will do at receiver? I'm going to flip this question to you because I know I know how you've been an emotional roller coaster for you this <laughs> offseason at the wide receiver spot. Are you ready to panic? Um, well, we went through these options earlier in the week. I said, I'm, I will take Deandre Hopkins. I'm a little concerned about Odell. Looks like we won't have to worry about any of these. Um, so yeah, I'm panicked <laughs> because that leaves what the draft. And I mean, something could happen over the summer. Like we don't know that, but I'm just, I, I won't get over the juju thing if we're being honest. Well, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not going to panic until it's like abundantly clear that the Chiefs just misevaluated the market. There's a chance we could get to that point. If we, if we fast forward, you know, 2 weeks and they still haven't really added anybody and both those names that you just mentioned are on another team, at that point maybe I would look back on it and say, "What if Brett Veach, what if this front office thought that the market would play out in a different way that would allow them to be in on some guys that they weren't in on or that they had a plan A, B, C, and they all fell through? Like at that point, then maybe I would say, okay, and mistakes were made. I'm sure you would like to have a do-over. As it currently stands, though, and this is a mantra that you – you know, I think you're, you're rubbing off on me because you have 
said this all year long and Brett Veach, we trust. trust. Amen. So I'm kind of trying to practice that. I'm trying to assume that there is a master plan here that I just don't know about. Should we do a sound bath and just keep repeating it? Wait, what's a sound bath? <laughs> what? It's like a weird yoga thing. I've actually never done it. Wait, is that the thing that you'd like the, the thing that you repeat to yourself over and over again? Um, I don't know what that is. This is just okay. a bowl that makes noise and you have like a gong. Oh, uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking just about. Just so we're in a very zen place. All yeah, if you think that would help. Me, but. I don't know if I'm there yet. I don't know if I'm there quite yet. But I mean, if you think it would help, then, you know, I'm willing to try whatever. I'm not <laughs> out, by the way. I don't think it's over with Odell and D-Hop yet. Oh, okay. Expand on that. Well, why, I think why do you have that feeling? This is the most popular time of the year for misinformation. I think agents are playing games, trying to drive the price tag up, trying to drive the market up of the players that they represent. I think teams are playing games, trying to do the same thing. Like if I'm the Cardinals, I want to make it seem like five teams are in on DeAndre Hopkins. So that if you're team number six, let's call them the Kansas City Chiefs, you're thinking, oh shit, we need to kind of up our offer here because we've got a lot of competition. We've got a lot of other teams that are interested in getting this guy. Everybody's playing games. Remember two days after the Chiefs signed Juwan Taylor, there was that report that maybe they were still interested in trading for Laramie Tunsil, yes. who ended up getting a... $75 million extension from the Texans like two days after that report. Yes. And then Ian Rappaport went on NFL Network and basically called out that reporter, Aaron Wilson from Houston, who said like, yeah, there were rumors that the Chiefs were calling about Texans and that maybe they were working on a deal. Those rumors turned out to not be true. Basically saying that guy was making stuff up or not that he was making stuff up, that whoever was feeding him information was using him as a puppet to get the word out there to maybe try and drum up this market or intensify trade negotiate or, or contract negotiations. Everybody's playing a game right now. It's the so season it's of like, smoke screens. Yes. Yeah, so I trust nothing. I trust nothing unless it's like Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport Tom Pelissero, I don't really believe anything that I'm Pete hearing. Sweeney. Pete Sweeney, right? We we trust our guy Pete. <laughs> Pete Taylor. But aside from that, I just have to assume that teams are using these reporters to push whatever agenda they're on. Like if I'm Odell Beckham Jr.'s agent, don't you think I would love it if there is a report that, oh, yeah, the Jets, it's pretty much the Jets, and that that's it. They're, the Jets want him. He wants the Jets. They're going to finalize the deal. Like, they're working on a deal. Wouldn't you love that? Because if I'm Brett Veach, I'm saying, oh, well, we better do something. We were offering him $11 million. Now we have to offer him 13 We got to give him an offer that's too good to be true. And the good GMs, they are able to suss that stuff out. They're able to say, Mm, I don't buy it. Or they just say, okay, fine. If that's the price tag, then you can have him. We're not going to overpay just because we're panicking and we think that the price tags up and we don't have a good backup plan. 
Do you think it could be one of these two? And if so, in which Kansas one? City? What's what's more likely? Oh, like one of these two rumors are true? Yeah. Well, the the I believe that Odell Beckham Jr. would want to go. Like that's believable that he would want to go play in New York. He's a big personality. He has a lot of interests outside of football. It would make sense to me that he would want to go back and play in New York City. How would he and Aaron Rodgers gel? Those are two polar opposite personalities. Well, I mean, and Aaron Rodgers love attention. Well, yeah, but Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show and basically said, "I think he said, who wouldn't want Odell Beckham Jr.? He oh, okay. So was he on his list? I think he was. I think he was on Is his. Is he list. getting his whole list now? I mean, they've got a whole know. new wide receiver room. So that part is believable. I guess here's the thing. They're both, both the rumors are believable. The one about the, the chiefs maybe being out. That was an aggregated report. And I haven't seen anything concrete on Deandre Hopkins. So part of me says, "Mm, I'm not really going to believe anything. Like I haven't heard any of those big names that we mentioned report anything concrete on DeAndre Hopkins or like having a final list. Like somebody earlier today said it was going to be the bills. Somebody else had said the Ravens made sense that the Patriots made. Like, I'm hearing too much. And usually when you're hearing too many different things, They're it just kind of sounds like a lot of noise. Yeah. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's the idea is let's throw a hundred things at the wall, see what sticks and really sort of drum up the excitement around this player. Because if I'm the Cardinals and the original report was that they wanted a second round pick plus an asset, who knows what that means? If that's the re- if that's the request that you put out there and everybody says, well, that's too much for us, so we're not calling. If the phone doesn't ring, eventually you're going to start getting nervous and say, well, okay, will somebody start calling? So instead of just saying, okay, we'll take a little bit less, you start throwing a bunch of stuff out there. Oh, this team's interested. That team's interested. They want him. Like the report about the Bills was that not only do they want him, they want him just to steal him from the Chiefs. <gasps> I'm here. I don't, by the way, I don't believe that stuff for Ugh. a second. I don't believe that an NFL general manager is going to acquire a player, an expensive player at that, just to like keep another team from getting if he's getting him, it's because he wants him on his team. Not to steal him from the Chiefs. I don't think that's how it works. Like you, you're gonna you're not gonna invest twenty million dollars in a player just so your your rival can't get him. You're investing twenty million dollars because he thinks he makes your team better. Either that or you're like you're a you're a terrible general manager. Can it be both? <laughs> I guess it could be, but I give Brandon Bean more credit than that because he's actually, you know. He's built a pretty solid football team up there in Buffalo. So I was going to say, I respect the Bills as it stands, but not if this happens. Ugh. I I still think the Chiefs are, I'm not ruling out either one of these guys. I'm not ruling out either one of these guys. And it, to bring it full circle, it's because I just, I assume, you know, Brett Feach has always liked o- Odell Beckham Jr. He wanted him before the Rams trade. He wanted him last year. Yeah. Like, I mean, he kind of came out and said it. He's like, we need, we need to add uh before last season. He's like, we you know we needed to add uh, another piece offensively. So 
I think that's always going to be a guiding philosophy for him. He knows who he's working with. He knows he's got Andy Reid as his coach and Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. You're going to do yourself a lot of favors as a GM by giving them good weapons to work with. So I, I, I would think he's interested in both of these guys. And until I hear something more concrete, I'm not buying the idea that the Chiefs are just out on them. And if history has taught us anything, it's typically what Brett Veach wants, Brett Veach gets. Mm -hmm. And you know, the other thing about in Brett, a nice way, like he just, he has an eye. Well, the other thing that's great about him is that, you know, he's a wizard with the salary cap. And I know you can look at the numbers right now. Salary cap numbers are sort of, it's, it's tough to tell what's real and what's not. Like, I think the chiefs officially have $5.3 million in cap space. I did see that today. They can move. Like, it's really easy to restructure someone's contract. They could restructure Joe Tooney's contract. They extend Chris Jones. All of a sudden, boom, you just cleared $7 million in cap space or something like that. So if they need to make more room for one of these guys, I have a feeling they'll be able to figure it out. Okay. Nick, we've spent what seems like the last month talking about the receiver position. Is there any other position that you think the Chiefs should still be addressing right now? Right now, I don't think there's any other position that you have to go and tackle right now. So you've you got a left tackle. That's important in Juwan Taylor. You added on the defensive line with Charles Amenahue, uh, Drew Tranquil, uh, your your All linebacker. That. You've added to the secondary. I, I don't really see a position that needs to be addressed like right like that's imperative right now the way that wide receiver is. Wide receiver is interesting because you need players that we think like you need a starter at wide receiver. Most of your other starting spots are taken care of. If I had to pick one I'd say right tackle, but I'm confident that either Lucas Niang or Darian Kennard, two guys who are already on the team could potentially be that guy. If you don't love what they have, I think you could go and get a stopgap, right? A Taylor Luan or someone like that and convince them to play right tackle for a year on a cheap deal because they're, you know, get a veteran that's sort of in the I twilight like of their career. Yeah. You could always draft another one in like the second or third round and then give them a shot to, to start. So that doesn't really feel like something that you need to tackle right away. You know, running back's interesting too, Kayla. It's really Isaiah Pacheco. That's the only guy we know that's going to be back in that running back room. And as we saw last year, and you just look around the NFL, there's no such thing as a bell cow running back anymore. It's always going to be a committee. It's always going to be two guys, maybe three guys who are a part of that room. We saw it last year with Pacheco and McKinnon. So I've heard some people kind of think of, talk, toss this out there. I don't believe it, that it's just all going to be Isaiah Pacheco next year. No team really does that. And you want guys who can do different things. Like Pacheco's a straight line, physical, you know, hit you in the mouth type runner. Jarek McKinnon, right? He's a third down back. He's a great pass blocker, a great pass catcher. You get him on the outside, making guys miss. I think there's a chance you could bring him back, but there's a lot of running backs out there. And as we saw with Pacheco, you could always go draft another one. So I don't know. It doesn't really feel like there's anything that's of that much importance that you can't fix later on. Where wide receiver feels like the one position that you kind of need to figure out sooner rather than later because I don't know what the options are going to be a month from now 
other than the draft. We haven't done anything with Clyde, have we? He's still with us. He's still <laughs> hanging around somewhere. What I, do we think will happen there? I mean, I cannot imagine he's going to be back on the roster next year, but I guess the Chiefs don't really have any... Like, what? what's your urgency to do anything with Clyde? You're he, like, nope, you're not going to get it. People keep talking about trading Clyde. What are you giving up? What are you getting in return for Clyde? Like a sixth round pick? He doesn't, if anybody has paid any attention to the Chiefs over the last three years, they're not giving up anything for Clyde. They've watched him play the same way we have. Would you, if, I mean, you've watched Clyde play. Yes. Would you give up anything for him? Um, no. <laughs> So, like, I don't think the Chiefs are going to get anything return for, in, in, in return for him. Maybe they're waiting to see if any team comes calling or if they can just, like, throw him in a deal. But they, they don't really have any urgency unless they just think, like, hey, this guy's not really bought in. Let's get him out of the building. At which point, I think they would. Like, if Andy Reid thinks that he's going to be a negative presence, then I think they would cut him. But... We don't have any indication. Like all we have to go off of is the fact that he wasn't at the victory parade, which is not, not a good look. Not cute. Not a good look, but is that enough to cut a guy? Probably not. So I don't know. I I, I still I don't think he's gonna play for the Chiefs if you had to make me pick one side or the other. I don't think he's playing for the Chiefs next year. So I think you need to add at least another running back. That would be incredibly awkward if he was. After like, skipping hey out on your Super Bowl parade. Yeah, three months later. Hey, man, where were you at the parade? You missed it. It was awesome. You should have <laughs> been there, bro. By the way, he was at the game. Remember when we were like, did he even go yeah, to the game? He was there. I watched the franchise finale, and he was definitely on the sidelines. Yeah, I know. After we talked about it, I, had to, I was like, was he there? And I went and looked it up, and I saw all sorts of pictures of him there. So at the game, not at the parade. Correct, yes. Weird. Bizarre. Um... Positions we should be addressing. Who's our backup quarterback? <laughs> yeah, you need to figure that out too. Um, Wait, I guess that's, right that now, actually concerns me because of how solid Chad Henney was. He was just so reliable. Like even if Mahomes, heaven forbid, like sustains an injury, goes out of the game, like I had full faith in Chad Henney, and I'm concerned now that he's retired. Well, right now, technically, it's Shane Bouchel, okay. SMU legend. Uh, you know what? Shane's looked pretty good in the preseason last year. So I don't know if that does anything for you. But uh, yeah, That's I my I, interest. Yeah. Um, yeah, they got to find a backup quarterback, too. Here's the thing. I, and I think this is really what it is, because we could say, OK, well, they need to add another tackle. Maybe they need to add, another, you know, another running back or two. They need to add another quarterback. I think they're waiting to see what happens with these receivers before they do anything else, because receiver is going to me be the most expensive decision you have to make. Right. So you kind of need to figure out, okay, are we going to have to take on DeAndre Hopkins' contract? Are we going to have to pay Odell Beckham Jr. before you know how much money you have left over to spend? So I think they're waiting to find out what happens there, and then once they get a resolution, that's when you go get your backup quarterback on a one-year deal. That's when you go get your you know, running back number two on a backup deal. But until you get the wide receiver figured out, you don't really have the flexibility to do any of that stuff. Do you think we'll know where these 
wide receivers land within the next week? God, like, I, hope so, dude. I hope so. I can't, I can't <laughs> like been talking about it for a long time. I can't deal with the speculation anymore, but almost it's almost to the point where it's like, I don't want it to end. Cause what happens afterwards? Then what are we going to talk about? Especially if we get neither. Ah, oh, that'll be, that'll be a panic episode. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely need a sound bath after that. Uh-huh. Get it ready. Get the bowl ready. <laughs> Any other positions you're looking at, or is that it? No, I think that's it. I mean, hey, this is a Super Bowl roster with, yeah, you know, with a, a bunch of dude, 21 of t- uh, 22 guys that you've drafted in the last two years are on the team. It is a young team. It's a nimble team. They just won the Super Bowl. Turns out <laughs> when you win the title with a young roster, you don't exactly have a ton of holes to, to plug. So as much as we make a big deal about the wide receiver, like, every team in the NFL would trade to have the chiefs problems right now. We are absolutely first world problems personified. I did see something on Twitter that said, as of now, we are sitting in the best position in free agency. Turns out. Turns out. I mean, I was concerned because it felt like we made a lot of moves in the last few weeks, but at the same time, we're still good. So I don't know. You know, Mahomes, Reed, Kelsey, that whole thing. Pretty good baseline. Check. Boom. Yeah. Well, Nick, that'll do it for us today. Actually, though, really quick, now that our teams are no longer in the NCAA tournament, who are you rooting for now? Should we be aligned? Um, Did you have KU winning all your brackets? No, I didn't. I didn't. Ah! I had Alabama winning, and they're still alive, so we're for them. I respect you for that. It took a lot of discipline to do that. It helped that my team won the title last year. So I was like, you know what? I don't have to just pick them because I'm a fan. And I watched them all year. I'm like, this team's not winning the title. And I want to win my bracket pool. Out of self-awareness. Well, I can win like $300 if I win my pool. So I wasn't going to go down with the ship. (laughs) Are you with me? Do you want to, will you root for uh, Alabama with me? Even though they're the number one overall seed. I have them winning one of my brackets. And then I have UCLA winning the other one. But I have Bama in the championship in both of them. All right, there we go. Then uh, roll tight. Aligned. Fabulous. We're on the same team for once. Outside of the Chiefs. <laughs> for once, yeah. <laughs> okay. He is Nick Schwer. I am Kayla Canaram. This is It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we will talk to you all next week.